Uh, great news. Uh, had some texts about this and just got confirmation. Our friend of the show, the great Josh Reynolds, in the Dogs' top 30 squad, awarded a contract Amazing from the club. News. So how good. Good on him. Good on you, Josh. Great to if see. You're listening, yeah. Congratulations. That's um, well, he risked it all, didn't he? Like he wanted to be, we wanted to play again in the NRL. He come back home, and um, you know, no guarantees. I know he's pushed his body extremely hard in this preseason. So, yeah, I think it uh, it says a lot for for not only his his will and want to keep playing in the NRL, but the the commitment. Uh, what he is, uh, how people respect him as a team man as well. Um, he'd be amazing around that group. So, yeah, really happy for him. Yeah, I, I know how much he wanted to um, be in that top 30 squad this season. He's worked hard on his body. He's got himself in the best physical shape he can possibly be in. Um, and to have someone of his experience in and around that squad, in and around that team, just teaching the young players what it looks like to be a professional, the actions that's required, and he's just will to win. Not so much will to win, but he's will to compete. Mm. That's what I've always loved and respected about him. You can never have too many of those players in your team. And he's just a bulldog. Like, you remember those scenes when he left and uh, the crowd came down, lifted him on, on his shoulders when he left to go to the Tigers, wasn't it? Yeah. It just didn't feel right. He was so entrenched. Grew up around the corner there in mm. Billboard. And, you know, you don't get... So so often in rugby league, the romantic finishes, but it looks like he will, providing all goes well, of course, that he'll end his career mm. at the club that really, let's face it, that's when you think Josh Reynolds, you think Bulldogs. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. And I, I think Josh realises too that his role within this team or squad will be uh, a bits and pieces by. You know, he's, he's not going to be the starting number six. He's not going to be the starting... Um, Number seven, but what he will be, he'll be someone that will give experience to the squad and he'll play whatever position is required and give it his all. Uh, now, also, Loz, yesterday when we were talking about the poor old bank in June, yep. we got a, a text here from Gavin of Wollongong. Morning, gentlemen. Disappointing to hear of the proposed closure of the Commonwealth Bank in June. I was fortunate enough to be the manager there from 1989 to 1992. A wonderful town with great people who deserve better. Many happy memories, including an afternoon beer at the commercial with a great man, Lance Daly, says Gavin. Oh, good on you, Gav. Um, a wonderful town. Uh, so many great memories. And you're right, Um the shutting of the bank uh, will hurt a lot of people, but the bank was just straight across the road from the commercial hotel. And a lot of people um, obviously drink at that hotel. Uh, it's a big part of the community. And you know what it's like growing up in the country. All post offices, news agents, banks, it's the sort of the meeting point. Yeah, it is. <laughs> of, of, a, of a country town. Big time. You know, mm. and 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 they'll be missed, and people will lose their jobs, and um, yeah, it's sad. But hopefully, the bank gets a gets an opportunity to what is it? A stay of well, stay of execution, execution? is the uh, is that the term? I think we just want it to survive. Yeah, we want it to survive. Yeah, yeah. sign the petition, you know. <laughs> That's it. Uh, People's Publican at Queenbeyan texts in, what's the latest with David Fafita? Is he still a chance to wear green in 24? Well, this is one that was, uh, uh, I think it was just before we went away. It was linked to the Raiders, but it looks like, and it still hasn't been confirmed, it looks like the Titans are in the box seat to retain his services beyond this season. 
and that in the end he won't be headed to the nation's capital. It would have all come down to dollars and cents. Reports indicated the Raiders were willing to pay upwards of $900,000 for David Feeder. He's on, I think, around one point two this year at the Titans. So... Uh, wow. It's still to yeah, it's be got to been quiet, it's, but it's gone quiet. Yeah. And, uh, reports in recent, uh, in the past week or so, have indicated he'll probably stay at the Titans. Well, he didn't have his best season last year, David Feeder, and a lot of people want more out of him. Uh, and I can understand why when you make the headlines and you're on $1.2 million a year, people expect you to be the you know, the captain, coach, ball boy, goal kicker, mm. everything. Uh, but David Feeder's not that type of player. But in a good team... Um, he'll be dynamic, and the Gold Coast Titans just need to work out how to best use him. Um, as that right edge back row, he's so damaging. He can, he, he's got great speed. He's got good footwork for a big man too. Um, yes, can go looking for the ball, but it's other people doing things for David, which will help. Not just relying on David, give it to him because he's the biggest kid in the team. You've got to. You know, have good shape around him. You've got to get him on one-on-one situations. You've got to make sure you're playing off the back of momentum. Um, he needs to be working with his halves, knowing when to get good ball, early ball, whether they need to turn him under, um, whether he likes to get it a lot earlier um, and let him create his own type of space. There's a lot of things that go into it that they need to be working on. But if you can get a good season out of David Fafida, he can win your games. He just wins your games. He can score tries like no other back row. No doubt. Gee, they're under pressure, the Titans, too. They're they're one of those clubs we haven't really spoken about, that coaches are under pressure, players are under pressure. Uh, That spine is uh, so many question marks about it. And, you know, they need to deliver this year. Well, he brought some experience in Kieran Foran. Sam Verrills is a really good player. Um, So there's two important players that you add to their spine. I think last year they were inexperienced and that's what let them down. But it's a big year for Justin Holbrook, obviously. Um, You know, they were expected to improve last year on what they did in 2021. Uh, They made the finals. But I think even when they made the finals in 2021, Mm. I don't think they had a positive win-loss ratio. They didn't. I I think they were 10 wins, 14 losses. That's what it was. Snuck in. But then nearly won against the Roosters. Should have won. Yeah. Um, mm. But they you wouldn't know. mind sneaking in somehow this year either. Well, <laughs> Doesn't matter they, how you get there, Loz, just get there. Just got to get there. <laughs> yeah. It just takes the pressure off everyone. Yeah. If you can make finals. Seems like there's a number of teams in that bottom half of the table that, even when you look at the stock, it's it's pretty consistent. Like there's probably five or six teams that need to get off to a good start. Yep. Their coaches are under pressure. They haven't got. Uh, in regards to their list, they haven't got enough stock for too many injuries. They can't afford too many injuries. Yep. I don't know, probably more so this year it feels than, than last season that there's, like I say, five or six teams that are... Like you, you couldn't... You, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you, you can't pick the wooden spoon, but they're in, the, in a similar vote and their coaches are under the pump big time. The thing, when I look at it, and this is only my opinion, I, I don't think the top eight's going to change too much from last year. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what that says about the competition. But I think some teams have improved. I think Mm. the Tigers have improved. I think the Bulldogs have improved. I think... Improved in regards to stock, you mean? Yeah, just in the stock. 
Yeah. I, I think when you look at the st- stock and you look at the squad, the depth of the squad. Yeah, okay. I think it's better than what it was last yeah. season. Yeah, I, okay. I can see the Warriors improving because they're playing at home. Mm. You know, playing away from home yeah, for last for sure. years is a disadvantage. So I can see them all improving, but whether whether they're going to be good enough then to force their way in to that next level, which is the eight. Yeah, Manly. Who, who knows what Manly can do? New coach and Tom Trebojevic. Mate, you get Tom on the field, mm. he's as good a player as there is in the game. Well, it's a huge year in rugby. The World Cup later this year and the Wallabies, they have a new coach. And it's none other than Eddie Jones who joins us now. Eddie, a very good morning to you and welcome back. How are you, boys? All right? Yeah, really well, thank you. And, uh, well, 16 years, isn't it, since you last coached here with the Queensland Reds? We know the game's changed quite a lot. But how do you think you've changed, Eddie, and evolved as a coach? Uh, Well, I'd like to think a little bit wiser. A little bit probably more understanding of of how to work out an environment and and then... try to get the best out of the players. I think, you know, coaching in different countries and, and sometimes using a different language, you, you just learn different skills and, and different ideas and accumulate a little bit of knowledge, mate. Ed, congratulations, mate, and welcome back. How is, as a rugby fan, I just feel there's so much excitement and has been for, for a while now and our footy's been a little bit inconsistent. Where do we sit, in your opinion? What are the major areas we've got to work on? And how do we how do we not sit here now and think, right, yo, we're going to win the World Cup, we're going to beat the All Blacks, we're going to be the greatest team on the planet? Because I feel like, again, and, and that comes with, you know, bringing an experienced, senior, successful coach back. But how do, we, how do we keep our feet on the ground as a fan? Yeah, well, well I think we should aim to to win the World Cup and win the Bledisloe Cup. I think, you know, that's the whole reason we're involved in, in national teams. Yeah. And 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 sometimes, mate, you know, if I look at Australian rugby, there's plenty of talented players. If you just, you know, picture any back line that Australia could put together, it's as good as anything in the world, if not better. So talent's not the problem. Um but as you guys know, talent doesn't win your big tournaments. It doesn't win your big games. It's that ability to fight. It's that ability to stay on the same page. And sometimes it's just a different message. Sometimes it's a bit of a change in the environment. Sometimes it's a bit of a change in personnel. So I'm, I'm really not going to know until I get the players in front of me. But I've obviously been watching the games and there's you know, the number of close games that the Wallabies have lost over the last period of time. It's the ability to handle the moments in the game, and that comes from from practice. It comes from being aware of it, and sometimes it comes from you know some some little psychological ploys you can have, like key words and um, you know redhead, bluehead, all that sort of stuff. And we, we don't know what's going to work with this, this group of players, but you know I think there's a there's a reason to be excited. Welcome back, Eddie, and happy birthday. I think you had your birthday on, on Monday. But, mate, you spent a few years over there in England. Is there a massive difference between the Northern Hemisphere and the way that the summon, uh, you know, Southern Hemisphere play their rugby, in particular here in Australia? No, not really, mate. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit, a bit the same in, in rugby league. Yeah, I think the players in the Southern Hemisphere tend to be more skillful because we're used to using the ball and we play on flatter tracks, whereas the Northern Hemisphere players tend to be a bit more gritty in the in the close contact. 
And and to win the win the World Cup, you got to be good at both, mate. You got to be good at in the tight stuff, and you got to be able to shift the ball quickly. So um, there's not a huge difference, mate. Eddie, you got a very close-up view of the Wallabies last year when you were coaching England out here. What positions do you see as most troublesome that we need to get sorted in a World Cup year? Uh, undoubtedly, tight head and uh, and number 10, mate. Mm. Uh, the bloke who touches the ball the most. You know, so your tight head uh, in... in in rugby guarantees you either a good scrum or an average scrum. Um, so if we get that position sorted, uh, get that really strong, that'll give us a good scrum. Uh, and then the 10, you know, there's been, uh, we've got the older guys, we've got Quaid and um, and James O'Connor and, and Brendan Foley's playing well in Japan. We've got Leah CO's been playing for the Brumbies and a couple of young blokes coming up in New South Wales, Ed Mead and, and Donaldson. So we're quickly going to have to decide who's got the the most uh, potential to be the best ten for the World Cup because we've got nine and a half months, six Test matches. So you know we've got to make a decision and back that person and, and get the right people around them. You know it's not only the ten; it's the right people around them. You know what does he need to have on his outside and what does he need to have on his inside? Yeah, Eddie, that's what I was going to ask. It seems like we, we consistently talk about the shop front window, which is the Wallabies, but what about the growth of the game from a very young age, from school rugby, from, you know, uh, uh, club rugby? Where do we sit in Australia at the moment? Have you seen it grow in this country, and do you think rugby's in a good place? Uh, look, I, I think, you know, if you, you spoke to nine out of ten people on the street, they'd say rugby's in a pretty tough spot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the Wallabies are the flagship, and they they create inspiration. Um, but it's also at the community level. We've got to get everyone working together. We've got everyone. Everyone's got to make an effort. And Australia is always the most competitive sporting environment. You know, all the best athletes, uh, the Aussie Rules want them. You know, NRL want them, and now football want them, and now you got basketball. So you got all these competing sports, and you got to be good at good at at bringing young kids through. You've got to be good at the top level and you've got to be good at bringing young kids through. So, you know, I think this is an opportunity now to reset, you know, and I think when you're a smaller sport as rugby is in Australia, these resets are quite common, so we shouldn't panic about it. Like, you know, I've been in the game a, a little while. We had it in the 80s. You know, we were going through a, a tough spot and everyone says rugby's dead. We end up winning the World Cup in 91. We win the World Cup in 99. So and we've gone through this cycle. It's just too long. So we've got to, you know, we need all hands on deck. We need everyone pumping and and see where we can take the sport over the next period of time. Mm. Obviously, you know, there's a bit of rivalry between the rugby league and rugby union, Ed. But my young bloke went to Joey's, and one of the biggest gripes that I always used to hear turning up there watching him play rugby every Saturday was there's so many good talented kids in that system, but some of them. And the best ones have been going to rugby league. How do you keep them in rugby union? Uh, well, I think just making it attractive, mate. Like, say if your your young fella's coming through, and and you know if he's a good player, uh, the Roosters, the Raiders, you know, Parramatta are going to be knocking on his door, and they're going to be probably going to offer him four times what rugby can offer him. Like that's the reality of the situation. Mm. But. If you're able to show the kid that if you stick at rugby and it's going to be probably a longer apprenticeship because it is in, in rugby, 
um, that then the opportunities that you get to play in a World Cup that's the third biggest sporting event in the world. You can play the game professionally in France, England, Japan. You know, it's 800 million fans, 101 countries. Yeah, you know, so you get to play a, a truly global sport, and and you know that's the advantage we've got over rugby league and, and Aussie rules, and and at the same time rugby league and Aussie rules have got the advantage of such a strong domestic, robust, entertaining competition. So you've got to be able to get the kids to see there's a longer term vision uh, for it, and that's hard now because they all like things quick, don't they? Mm. You know, they say the average attention span on the on the internet's 19 seconds, so. Yeah, you've got to be able to show them that they're going to get there and, and play a game that's going to allow them to play into their 30s uh, all around the world. Have you spoken to Joseph Swalee or any other current NRL player yet, Eddie? <laughs> no, not yet, mate. <laughs> but we'll get there. No time we'll to waste. There, oh, no, no, no. Let's face the World Cup, mate. We've got good enough players for this World Cup. But then it'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be great. It'd be great for sport in Australia if we started to pinch a few players. Yeah. Like, you know, when Lottie and, and Matt Rogers and Wendell came over, that was a fantastic period in sport. You know, you had the banter between league and union. And I think that's good for the for both sports, mate. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what a lot of people want to see, Eddie. Australia win the Bledisloe Cup again. Yeah, no, that's a big target, mate. We've got, we've got them first up in Melbourne. 100,000 people there. Um and, uh, you know, Wallabies play well at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. That's a game, a game we traditionally do well in. You know, last year the referee had a bit of a meltdown at the end. Otherwise, it could have been the opposite result. Then we play them at Dunedin where we won the Bezo Cup the last time around 22 years or whatever it was ago. So there's some good history and some good omens there. And uh, it'd be fantastic to, to win that to put us in the position to, to get ready for the World Cup. Obviously, you're going to be very thorough with everything over the the next five years. But one thing I've always found, and since I've been working in in this job, it, it just seems I wouldn't know the numbers. It, it might be just all inside my head as well. I might have made it up, but it always seems like the Wallabies start off well, and then they fade at the back end of the season. Is is that a realistic comment? Yeah, look, I couldn't commentate on a comment on that, mate. But yeah. You know, the one thing I know is that we can get fitter. And I think, you know, probably the only sport I've seen guys absolutely at their their maximum is rugby league. You know, and I watch Melbourne Storm train in the pre-season and the way they go about it. And rugby, there's, you know, we fluctuate. We go through periods where we're really fit and we go through periods where we're not fit. And, and you know that if you're in your best physical condition, the length of the season becomes less of an issue. Like if you have poor pre-seasons, then the length of the season becomes an issue. And, and you know, our blokes, we've, we've got to make sure that they're maximising their, their physical preparation now, and they will. And it's World Cup year. They've got everything to look forward to. So, you know, you should see them pounding the hills, pounding the gym, you know, being at their absolute best. Eddie, uh, Super Rugby obviously evolved uh, in the last 20 years and expansion. Uh, a lot of people think expansion's been a disservice, actually, to Australian rugby. What do you make of the current format? And is it servicing Australian rugby the way it needs to? Well, I think, you know, Australia was best served when we had a robust New Zealand five teams. South Africa had five teams, of which they usually had four good teams. 
and then we had we had three or four or five teams participating. You know, it's it's South Africa gone now, so that's out of our control. They're not coming back. So we've got to make the most of playing against New Zealand. We know New Zealand, you know, is not the best rugby country in the world. They're always in the top three. So you can't you can't say that's not good enough. You know, we're playing against a great country, so we've got to make we've got to make the most of that. Um, we've got to make our local derbies mean a lot, you know. And New South Wales Brumbies game, we want to have forty thousand at the Allianz Stadium. You know, to set the season up, um, and if we can if we can make those local derbies really meaningful, make the games against uh, against New Zealand, you know, again let's let's see if we can get on top of them. We haven't been on top of them for a while. You know, the last time the Waratahs won the or last time was Aussie side won the Super Rugby was 2014, I think. That's a long time between drinks. Certainly is, but uh, I think there's a lot of optimism having you back in Australian Rugby, Eddie. We really appreciate your time this morning. Good luck and enjoy the challenge. All right. Thanks, boys. Nice to talk to you. Eddie Jones, new Wallabies coach. I'll tell you what, the players, look out. (laughs) They're they're going to get a rude shock. Well, that's what you want. You you want them on their toes. You want them to be nervous. You want them to turn up first day on the job, not knowing what to expect. And that keeps everyone excited. It keeps them nervous, and they know they've got to work hard if they want to make this World Cup squad. And Eddie comes with one of the great reputations of working hard, not copping fools easily, and making sure that you're accountable for what you do on and off the field. And if you don't, well, you're not in the team. It's, just, it's amazing when I sit here and think that rugby's gone back to this hard, tough, you're not going to take no rubbish from anyone. You got one boss, and it's your head coach, right? We just sacked that same person that Cricket Australia had. I'm confused. Interesting, isn't it? Do we want that coach? Do we not want that coach? Yeah. And it seems to be it depends where the players are at. If the players are on top of the tree and playing well, then you don't want that coach. You want a manager that's gonna or a coach that's gonna pat you on the bum and you know mm. pick you up. But if you are at rock bottom and struggling and you need to get back to the top, then you want that hard nosed coach. I'm confused. That's a good point, Clarky. League Cup this morning, second leg semi-final, and uh, Newcastle are up against Southampton, and it is 2-1 in that second leg, so they're up 3-1 on aggregate, and seemingly headed for Wembley, where they'll almost certainly play Manchester United in the, the League Cup final, and Loz for the NFL fans, we're just seeing here on the NFL Network or ESPN uh, that it looks like Sean Payton... Super Bowl winning coach with the New Orleans Saints uh, is headed to the Denver Broncos, it looks like. Reports indicate over there on ESPN. So Sean Payton, who's uh, one of the best coaches going around, headed to the Denver Broncos and to the train wreck that was this year with Russell Wilson and they're saddled with that horrendous contract of his. Not only the horrendous contract, what we were just talking about, out the back there about his behaviour. Yeah. Now, can you just tell our yeah. listeners about Russell Wilson? So, apparently, he's, uh, well, he's got his own office, his own parking space, and he doesn't, his teammates don't necessarily have direct access to So, they've to got to go have, through a manager to go get... Go through a, a, yeah, go, th- that's what 
all the reports have indicated over in the US is uh, to say he's become precious would be an understatement. Well, imagine trying to build a relationship with him, <laughs> which is important. Well, you go and humble him. You go and sit him down and go, mate, well, you'd, you'd, that's what you'd do, wouldn't you? Well, you'd have to. And you'd also need your defence to uh, help you out at times. So well, they've got a really be, good defence, Denver. Yeah, yeah, but you still wouldn't want to pee any of them off. No. Well, they, they looked... Well, there you go, Russell. You have this. They, they did look fractured this season. They yeah. were one of the biggest disappointments of the NFL season. I'll tell you, it hasn't been a disappointment, though. Far from it has been... Iron Woman Lizzie Wellborn, and uh, we got the final two rounds of the Nutrigain series this weekend at Currawa Beach there on the Gold Coast in Queensland, and it's live on SBS and Fox as well, uh, 1pm, Saturday and Sunday, our time, and Newport's Wellborn, well, she's second, and she tra- trails Georgia Miller by just six points heading into the final two rounds, and Lizzie joins us now. Lizzie, good morning to you. Morning, guys. How are you going? Yeah, really well, and great to chat to you again. And you won that opening race in Manly late last year, and Georgia, she's won the past three. So what are the confidence levels as you trail her by six points heading into this weekend? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty um, it's a pretty surreal situation to be in. I, um, I had the worst season I've ever had last season. To just be able to come back and to be doing a lot better this season is more than I wanted to achieve. So I'm still... I'm, Stoked to be in second, but there is only six points, as you said. And um, G's an incredible athlete, but um, nothing's over until that final race is done. So I'm still going to be going my best. Yeah, well, good luck, Lizzie. Great attitude. How hard or how significant, I should say, are conditions by determining uh, that gap or who's going to come first, who's going to come second between you two guys? Um, I... It, it's pretty important. Like, I think if, if the swell's up and it's really big, then the whole race just becomes random and kind of everyone in the field is, once they put their foot on the line, they've got a chance. If yeah. the conditions are flat, then I think it will definitely divide the field a bit more. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I actually haven't looked at the conditions too much, but I do know it's going to be really hot over the weekend up on the Goldie, so that's definitely going to be a part to play. So when do you go up there, Lizzie, and when do you get in the surf up there and practice and have a look at round at conditions and all those type of things? Um, I'll head up tomorrow and get up there and settle in and yeah, go check out the beach and see if there's any, what the conditions are doing and if there's any rips or currents that can help us to take the, um, to take the right way out. That always plays such an important role in getting out the back the fastest. So yeah, I'll definitely be looking at the conditions over the next few days. And Lizzie, what is unique about racing at Currawarra? And I believe uh, Georgia, she, I'm sure she trains out of uh, Northcliffe. Is that right? So, I mean, on paper, she would know the conditions, I, I, I suppose, really, really well. Yeah, definitely. So she's got the home home ground advantage now being up on the Goldie and all the beaches are very similar. So between Northcliffe um, down to Currawarra, it's all, um, it's all very similar, but um, that's not playing on my mind too much. I think like I've had, I've raced at Carrawa before and I have had some good races and some bad races, but I definitely know how the beach works. So um, I think, yeah. Now you got it, Lizzie. You got it for sure. I'm backing you all the way. <laughs> definitely got it so, in her so own Lizzie, backyard. Do you, do you keep an eye on where she is or do you just focus on your own race? Um, I, I like, I try not to, but I do. I think it, once you get to the pointy end of the season, all the every girl out there is looking at where their competitors are, whether yeah. you're in the 
um, top few like me and G, or even if you're um, in the midfield and you're trying to requalify for next season. So every um, every girl will be racing with some intention to beat someone else out there. So it does get a bit exciting in these last two rounds. You touched on you know your season last year. So if you were to pull this off, what would it mean to win it? Oh wow, I haven't even let myself think that far ahead yet. But it would be like obviously winning is the dream, and when I um, first made it into the professional series eight years ago, like that was the goal at the time. But since then, it's always been more well, now that I'm in it. I want to try and win it. So I think, yeah, every girl that puts their foot on the line wants to try and win the whole thing. And it is pretty cool that I am in with a chance. But as I said before, I've just got to not think too much about it and see what happens. Have you got plenty of support heading north with you or are you the kind of athlete who likes to just go up and do it on your on your own? <laughs> no, I love I love having a big support crew and um we I I have some friends and family coming up with me and um my surf club Newport we have a big crew going up because we have a few more athletes in it and all of our um support crew and our team come up with us and that makes it extra special. Well, it's a huge weekend for you and we wish you all the best. Appreciate your time this morning and uh Go into Queensland and bring back a Blues victory. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try. I'll try. (laughs) Good on you, Lizzie. Best of luck, Lizzie. Go well, Lizzie. Okay. That is, as I mentioned, live SBS and Fox from 1 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, the last two rounds of the Nutrigrain Series, Iron Man and Iron Woman and Lizzie Wellborn uh, trying to win it for the first time. Six points she trails George Miller by. Uh, heading into that final round. We're now going to talk some basketball and the WNBL. And, uh, well, Tiana Mungakar here, Sydney Flames guard. She had 16 points in just a narrow defeat, 82-78. to 78. They lost to the Townsville Fire last Sunday. And Tiana joins us now. Morning, Tiana. Good morning. Four wins and 12 losses. So fair to say <laughs> it's been a character-building season. Yes, for sure. It's been an interesting season and um but you know, I think we're all learning and growing together, so not all bad. Tiana, what positives have you taken out of the season so far? Uh yeah, so just like really just like sticking together and the chemistry of the team. I think off the court we're a really close knit team as well as on the court, but um obviously just pushing through to the end of every game. Um, we have really good quarters. Sometimes we're up by we're up by thirteen, and then yeah. we end up losing by four. So I think yeah, just really pushing through, and like when calls or things aren't going our way on the court, like just staying together. And your own form though, you're averaging eleven point three points per game. You had twenty six recently in a narrow loss <laughs> to the Southside Flyers, and only well, Lauren Jackson had more, had thirty. Yeah. Uh, personally though, how satisfied are you with your form and and how you're shooting? <clears throat> yeah, um, I think I'm pretty happy with how I'm playing at the moment. Um, I mean, after uh, yeah, this is like I would say my first season where I'm back in shape. How I would like to be so I think yeah I'm pretty happy 26 points is um really good I didn't actually like during the game I didn't even notice until after and I was like oh my gosh I had 26 but (laughs) like yeah I don't know I'm pretty happy with it what about later this month there's a pink game and I know that the pink game is something very close to your heart can you tell us about the initiative from the club yeah yeah, so um, it's going to be the Breast Cancer Awareness Game 
um, on the 24th of Feb, and um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2019, so um, it's it's very close to my heart, um, and it's great for awareness. I think before I was diagnosed, I there was pink games and stuff over in America for college, and I guess I didn't really um, take it in as much. I was just like, oh, pink game, yay. Mm. But um, now, obviously, we're partnering with the McGraw Foundation, and um, I'm not sure, like, what if I think it's going to be every three-point made, $50 is going to be donated. Um, I'm not sure 100%, but that's what I think. So, yeah, I think it's super important for women and men to, you know, make sure they get checks and check themselves. Yeah, so that's later this month. Uh, I think you're playing Adelaide, the Flames against yeah. Adelaide, February 24, uh, mm-hmm. raising money for the McGrath Foundation. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Uh, naturally, I know, I know at the club at the moment, uh, you know, there's an investigation ongoing, but just how's everyone handled not having uh, Shane and Shyla Hill around and mm-hmm. uh, I guess just focusing on your game? Yeah, so I think... Um, with everything going on, we just have to focus on um, the next game, really, just one game at a time and just staying together and being positive. Um, it's a difficult time for like us players just as much as the club. And so I think just staying together, being positive and just one game at a time. Mm-hmm. And what about for yourself when the season's over? What are you looking mm-hmm. at doing? Yeah, so I've signed with NBL One team up in Brisbane, North uh yeah, north side. Um, and then hopefully come back to Sydney next year. Um, that's what I would love to do. So, yeah. And no, no doubt you'd love to be there with the Opals in Paris next year. Yes, 100%. We have like a couple of camps coming up. So that'll be cool. Uh, great stuff. Well, Tiana, really appreciate your time this morning. We'll keep that um, McGrath Foundation game on the horizon, uh, Feb mm-hmm. 24. But uh, hopefully you finish the season with a few wins and yeah. yourself still playing some great basketball. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Tiana Mungakar here of the Sydney Flames there. The Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. It's back Friday, February 24th. Hosted by the ATC at the brand new Wink Stand there at Royal Randwick. Join the Big Sports Brekkie team, special guests from Racing HQ. There'll be sporting and racing royalty. So uh, it's a great afternoon. And the tickets, they're on sale via the ATC's website. So just go to australianturfclub.com.au to secure your seat today. That'll be here within a blink. Uh, just on the text line here, as a Bulldogs fan, great to hear Grubs to get a new contract. Agree with a bit part role, but hypothetically will be good for us to call upon a former Origin 6 to step up when Burton inevitably plays Origin this year, says Mitch from Toronto. So that news uh, just earlier that uh, our mate Josh Reynolds has been confirmed in the top 30 on the roster there for the Dogs. Yeah, good signing for the Bulldogs. Uh, They'll need a guy like Josh Reynolds because... It's a challenging year. They've got a new roster, uh, a lot of new players, and they're trying to identify um, their own identity. And I reckon Josh will be able to tell them a lot about the Bulldogs' culture. Uh, He'll lead by example. Um, He'll play whatever role is required within that team. And he will be uh, a good fill-in player uh, when players are out injured or playing representative football. Yeah, great news. So we'll get him on the show tomorrow, Josh, uh, after that. Uh, I believe the Bulldogs are going to confirm that today, but uh, great news 
for Josh Reynolds. And uh, yesterday, Parramatta re-signed 20-year-old centre Will Penasini for another couple of years. So he'll be there to the end of 2025, who was probably a target for Eddie Jones and, and the Wallabies, considering his background in rugby as well. And if you missed it, we just spoke to Eddie Jones earlier this morning. Uh, you can catch up the show on the podcasts. Just search Big Sports Breakfast or wherever you get your podcasts for all the interviews this morning. Uh, Eddie Jones, as I mentioned, amongst them. Uh, Joe Pride got an update on many of his horses heading towards uh, the Autumn Carnival and Dick Fane earlier this morning as well as we head towards the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57 in Arizona in uh, two Mondays' time. And uh, just some news over there. The 49ers, their defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, he's going to be the Houston Texans coach, Sean Payton is set to be the Denver Broncos coach, according to reports. The former New Orleans Saints Super Bowl uh, coach, Super Bowl winning coach, set to head that way. Now, Dave Stanley's coming up shortly. Don't know where he is. He must be doing some more, a warm-up or something because uh, he's about to march into this studio here to tell us who's on Racing HQ today. Uh, we will have, of course, well, acceptances today, and we'll find out pretty wild and what mm. barriers she gets mm. I think that's jockey booking you have for that sort of information Saturday Mido I think the barrier draw is very important for her if it doesn't go the right way you might see, might a, see a way for another day Wednesday I think is a, ah. is a, a race at Randwick that at um, uh, Chipping Norton I think it is at um, uh, uh, Ram- Warwick, Farm. Uh, Warwick Farm. I've got Randwick in my head at Warwick Farm. Yeah, Warwick uh, Farm next Wednesday. Yeah, I think that's the plan B. Okay. And I think that might – is that 1,200 at Warwick Farm? Uh, well, not sure. I think it's 1,200 at Warwick Farm, and I think Randwick Saturday might be 1,300. Okay. So I think they're – I think they feel she might be a bit stretched on Saturday. Yeah, well, she's mm. she's nommed for a uh, 1,300, yes. Mm. Mayor's benchmark 78 mm. on Saturday. Mm. Okay, so... I think they're a little nervous, little but they're going to wait for barrier draw. Okay. If not, plan B, Wednesday. Wednesday, 1,200. Chipping Norton. Thinking about my old pad there, well, see? Well, you're right. Chipping Norton Lakes, I used to live at, around the corner. There you go. Used to walk to the racetrack. What Don't know what I did there, but anyway... Mm. Good times. No, I want to know. D S. <laughs> I definitely want to know. Yeah, we could go on. D S. How are we, boys? Yeah, good, mate. Good, how are thank you? Thank you. Yeah, good. Now, you know, I spoke about recovered that. from your swim. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> no water in the pool. They had to get it shipped in. Um, they were filthy. Nah, boys. Remember, I was talking to you about this wedding. Yes. Right. So I got some more advice, and I thought I'd ask you three blokes. Mate, do, ask these two. Do not ask me no, any no, advice on weddings no, not, or on relationships. On the wedding, oh, no, 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 about it. So I'm part of the the, the bridal, bridal party. party. Yeah. What are you? Are you uh, groomsman? Well, I don't know. Or best man? I don't know. Well, you'd know if you're best well, man. Char- I've been put in charge of the bucks party. Oh. That's what I want nah, to talk to you I think you're grooms. I think you're groomsman. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to talk Horrendous about. Horrendous job, by the way. Right. You always end up well, out of pocket. Yeah, that's well, right. I guarantee you that. We were planning to organise the Bucks party, right? Hit, and before then, you go or over there? No, before we go. Oh. The groom has since contacted me. So, obviously, the bride's got in the groom's ear. As they do. And said, why don't you have your Bucks party on the same night as the hens? And then we all meet up afterwards. No, no, no. This is what I mean. No. So that is a flat no. That's what I mean. So I've given that flat no and said, mate, 
You can have it on the same night. Are you sure you're about in, this? You're in different mate, states. Different <laughs> no, no, so I've said this, but he's uh, just come back and said, no, 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 I think that's a really good idea. Oh. So now I almost want to protest and go, well, mate, you organise your own thing. Like, I've, I'd no, let him do his own. No, you can't. Mate, you've got, got to do you that. You've got no choice. If that's what he's asking for, if that's what he wants, just then... Boycott. You, but how do, no. I, how do I... So, mate, how do I you, do this? You're off your head. Well, that's what I have said. I've said, I've said mate, please, like... Mate, we're not doing it. So there, no, this is where you got to grow some and say, "Mate, and, I have." Yeah, but get the others to. No, you got a strong. The arm. others, the others have to come mm. in too and say, "No, nah, I think you. This cooked. is not happening. We can't." Yeah, that's so what I, he I might think want. The hens, the hens are starting at four thirty and finishing in the night, sometime, whatever they're doing. And I've sort of said, "Well, you know, you any, really any, don't want to go and meet up with them." Not at particularly. The end of no. The day. Not particularly. No. I'd la- I'd rather be somewhere yeah, else. Out wide. And, you know. So. But he might want that. Well, that's what it sounds like his wife to be definitely no, it wants sounds it. Sounds like he needs to grow up here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He needs to say, mate, this, is, this is what's happening. Yeah. No, I think you're in a lose lose situation. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I mean. What I can't win. No, and I'll tell you another thing too win. while I'm on this. See, I feel <laughs> like you guys are like my sounding board. Oh, he yeah. stitched take, me up take, the other yeah, day when he rang me. He stitched me up when he rang me telling me this. Had me on speakerphone. Oh, that's a bad Hang on, in front of the wife to be. He tell me. And I'm saying, oh, mate, oh, don't you do this. Mate, anytime, no, anytime no, I have, no, I know. anytime you've I got someone burnt. in the car, you I always start off with, g'day, Dave, I've no, got I'm on Michelle in the car. I'm straight away. I, I've now learnt that he won't do that. He'll start the conversation and then, oh, to make it worse, form. Dull, that's dull, ordinary form. Dull, the, the bride will stay quiet. So I've been burnt on this now because I've obviously half teed off and said, mate, you don't want to be doing that. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then oh, next one I hear, uh, oh no, you combo. should do it on this day. Oh, oh no. I know. Yeah, you're in you're in trouble for starters. So this is what I mean. But he doesn't let you know that someone else is Did, in the car. No, no, Ooh. which I don't. I didn't like that. That's a bad mistake. Which I've been caught a few times yeah. before on that. But oh, I let that go. Yeah. But on this particular topic, I'd be so filthy. Well, I am, but what do I, this is I what think I mean. You got, I think it's, you've got two conversations with him. Mm. The first one's about well, his now, wife to be in the car and yeah. not telling you that she's in the car. That's <laughs> the first one. Yeah. Before you get through that, don't even worry about organising well, the Now I'm sort of saying, righto, do I, I have to get him face-to-face. I'm almost paranoid. I've got to oh, yeah, I think you're going to go face-to-face. I think you're going to take numbers with you. Yeah, okay, so have an intervention. Yep, and just okay. say, mate, this is what I we're like doing. It. And we don't think it's appropriate that we go and meet up with the girls later. Let them go and enjoy their butt. I'll uh, say, dude, sounds nights. like you want a hux. Sounds like you want to do them together. Uh-huh. Yeah, sounds, sounds like you want a hux. So then go and do, go and get someone else to organise that. Have a good thing. night. I like watch Mitch. Mitch have, I'll bring night. my missus and we'll go for coffee. If that's what you want to do. Mitch from Robertson, I think his solution's right. Tell him that sounds great. Then book something else. That's what I'd do. Just yeah, just do just, the just different way. Go. Yeah, sounds good. Nah, just, the wife's gonna snap. The wife's not happy. You're not in charge of your own bucks party. Well, no, but he's, he's this is yeah, but I mean. that, yeah, but you're in charge. That's what I've sort of said. Yeah, mate, no, no, no. It's the groomsmen. We're we're organising it. It's not up to you. Right, he just has to turn up. You just got to turn okay. up. I like this. See, thank you so much for. Yeah, I, I didn't know if I was on the right page because no, no, no. these days you just don't know what people are thinking. Uh, join us for Racing HQ after. If you've got more advice too, text it through. <laughs> We've got on this morning Luke Hilton. We've got Chris Roots. David Eustace is going to join us. Adrian Bot, Andrew Adkins. So have a good uh, Wednesday, boys. Good on you, DS.